love the smell of napalm in the morning. You see, we're on a mission from God. Great Scott. You're gonna need a bigger boss. Hasta la vista. Hey, go ahead. Make my day. I'm Ricky Bobby. You don't chew big red, you. Welcome to this episode of the Movies Out Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. Join alongside my fellow zealots, Joe and Paul. How are you guys doing for this episode? Doing good. Fantastic. Fantastic, indeed. This episode, we are reviewing Replicas, The Upside, and our feature presentation is Bumblebee. But before we get to that, of course, well, not of course, I guess, only, of course, for the first episode of every month, we have the Alexa quote of the show. The Alexa quote, quote of the show. And may the odds be ever in your favor. All right, guys, this is the second uh, for this year, the second Alexa quote of the show. I wish you both the best of luck. Here we go. I am your father. I am your father. <laughs> wow. Your father. You may think this is a softball, and maybe it is, but yes. I am your father. And there is, I will say, there is a first word to that quote that's usually said with this, but I left it out. I am your father. He's really bumping up the difficulty on this uh, one. <laughs> yes, I wow, am. yeah. You guys are uh, rough. So as you guys write down your answers, uh, by all means, everyone, go to our Movies Out Facebook page like that. Subscribe. No, not subscribe. Well, you can subscribe to the Vacation Ears podcast because um, our YouTube, our video versions of these podcasts go out on there. So if you prefer to listen to this via YouTube, maybe at work or whatever, uh, you can do that. We have a Twitter, Movies Out podcast, I believe it is. You can follow that. All kinds of stuff. Every once in a while, I'll throw an article out or something interesting, or I'll check into a movie. That way you kind of know uh, what future movies we're going to be reviewing. All right, Paul looks like he... Oh, no. I thought he was right. done. Oh, yeah, he's done. Right. I need one additional second here. This is really bad. Oh, boy. I'm blaming this on illness and fevered. Ah, uh, yes. All right. I'm ready. All right, Joe, since you were the last to be completed, let's have you begin. Can you please tell me the name of the movie? Star Wars. Episode four, A New Hope. Okay. Year, please. 1974. Okay, and the cast. I couldn't remember the word Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, well, those two words. <laughs> I was having a real hard time with it. Like, oh, shoot, what's his name? It's All Luke. All right. <laughs> uh, but Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher. I'm not really right. sure how they were actually billed during the day. <laughs> All right, Paul, let's uh, see what you got. All right, movie, please, sir. Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, uh, can you give me the complete, oh shoot complete... the empire the empire strikes uh, okay. back. And do you want to give me an episode number or not? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it was released, I don't think it said. Episode... No, it didn't. It didn't. It, it didn't. did not. In fact, it didn't, even, it didn't even say Star Wars. It just said the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah. Well, it had Star Wars around the outside, I think, didn't it? Something. I, I was reading yeah. something on Wiki about it because the last time you said something, you <laughs> you blew my mind with that Star Wars was didn't have it. All right, uh, year please. I think it was 1980. Okay. The cast? This is where it gets a little ugly, but I think it's Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher. Uh, you switched them. You would have had a perfect 10. Oh! <laughs> wow. I can't, that was the second one, wasn't it, when he was his father? This is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, it is 1980. Good job, Paul. Paul. 
Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, then Carrie Fisher. Oh, so I thought you're good. I thought you had ten there, Paul. I really I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so two, three, four. So again, Paul, you are up by one on this up in this episode. I, I still got three points out of that, didn't I? You did get three points. Yeah, you got the, I got the guess correct with yep. the wrong movie. How yeah, you got that? the wrong movie. The... <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to do. <laughs> if you think about it, yeah, that's really difficult. <laughs> All right, well there you go. The next quote of the show. If you want to hear uh, the first, the first round. Go back to two episodes ago, the Aquaman review, and that was uh, that one. So you can listen to all of them complete in their entirety. Oh, that'd be so good. Now, let's get right into the cutting room floor. Now, the first thing I want to say is uh, when we talked about Black Mirror Bandersnatch the last time and we said about the beeping in the post credit, like what that meant. Well, apparently my son texted me because, you know, God forbid we speak to each other. And he told me what that actually means. So apparently that those beepings can be decoded into a QR code, which if you go to will lead you to the Tuckersoft website, which there you can download the nosedive game that that Collins guy was working on in the episode where like the dude's just falling. So that's interesting, right? That seems like an awful lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. But yeah. Hey. What Archer did something like that too. They hid a whole bunch of stuff in there for Krieger to download <laughs> his ringtones and stuff. And, <laughs> they had to, and it actually had to go through this whole thing just based off clues on the episodes to go to a website and you had to sign in and you had to remember that the password is guest from all the episodes. Oh, wow. That's funny. And then you'd sign in, it gave you extra stuff. And it was like, wow, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on both ends. <laughs> <laughs> all right well there you go uh joe before so i want to talk about punisher season two but before we get into that do you want to talk you saw some old movie on netflix you want to talk about oh it's 2015 yeah and it's 2019 so yeah it's an old yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that old a movie i mean your standards are getting pretty tough it's, if it's second run movie it's now old <laughs> it's one of the classics second run uh, all right let's see but yeah, I watched, uh, I was last time I was, wasn't feeling well. So I'm laying around the house hunting for something to do. And I flipped on Netflix and I saw that there, uh, existed the Stanford prison experiment movie. And I know I'd read about the Stanford prison experiment years ago. Okay. And thought it was kind of neat and wow, there's a movie for this. So I watched it and, uh, it was really good. Uh, there was a psychologist at Stanford in the early seventies who ran an experiment on a bunch of students made some of them prisoners, some of them prison guards into this fake prison. Oh people. yeah. I remember reading about that. Yeah. And it, and it was just a psychological test of how, how people reacted, what they did, how, you know, how compliant prisoners got, how overbearing guards got instantaneously. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was really neat. I'd read about the experience. I watched the movie and it was pretty darn good. Oh, well I may have to go check that out. Cause yes, I do know about that now that now that you mentioned what it is actually about, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I oh, huh. So it's based on the actual events. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a movie about that. Oh, okay. So, all right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And it was really neat. He had all these 1971 haircuts and stuff. I'm presuming no, there's no notable actors in this movie. Um, who was it? There's a name I recognized, but there's no one. There's no one big. Um, Ezra Miller is the only name I recognized. Okay. 
So Nick Cage wasn't in this movie? <laughs> Turns out, yeah, they, they made one without him. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that sounds uh, vaguely interesting. I may have to check that out on Netflix. All right, let's move right yeah, into... I mean, that's the beauty of Netflix, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, is this a Netflix original, or is this Netflix just showing this movie? Uh, Netflix is just showing. Them. Oh, okay. So it's probably, yeah. Because if Netflix it's... made it, yeah, it would yeah. be absolutely yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would not want to. <laughs> there would be a Cloverfield pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move right into Punisher season two. Now, Joe, you and I both have seen the complete season. Paul, you do. Do you mind spoilers? Uh, you haven't even seen season one, right? I haven't even seen season one. No. Oh, all right. Let's talk about season Oh, you two. need to watch Punisher. Oh, man. I absolutely think this is like the greatest season of any uh, Marvel Netflix TV series they've ever done. <laughs> oh, hands down. It was just fantastic. Oh, there's so many I, I good think things. Episode one of the season, I would rather watch that episode than go see Aquaman. I mean, wow. it was way better. I'll tell you what, ep- the episode 13, the last one, I will watch that again. I, I absolutely yeah. love the ending of that. So there's so many things about this that I love about this show. So the ending, you know, so Russo is the main uh, antagonist in this in this uh, season, essentially. Well, well, he's one of the antagonists, I guess. And Curtis is the friend of the Punisher, who is his war buddy. You know, and they're all but the three of them all know each other from back in the day, and you know, they're all ex-soldiers. And at the very end of the season, this is what I love about this, <laughs> because I thought I knew what was going to happen multiple times, and every time it surprised me that it didn't happen, and I was just so happy that it didn't happen. So Russo is in Curtis's uh, little place where they have the little meetings for... Little meetings? I don't want to <laughs> make it sound yeah. uh, trivial. They have their meetings for support group. So he's in there dying, so he calls Curtis, and Curtis, back in the day, he was like a medic or something, right? So he would, you know, he'd always have these dying soldiers in his arms to comfort him as they... You know, yeah, he die. was always there to help. Yeah. So he calls Curtis, like, hey, man, can you come down, you know, and, you know, I'm dying, blah, blah, blah. And you think, okay, well, this is what Curtis does. This is his thing. So there, he's going to go back, he's going to go down and support him and die, and it'll be a touchy-touchy. Nope, he calls Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, was so amazing. Second, the Punisher comes in. So now I'm thinking, okay, now, you know, Russo killed Punisher's family and they've gone all through all this stuff. And, but now Russo really isn't Russo because he doesn't have his memory back. So maybe right before he dies, they kind of reconnect and, you know, that bygones be bygones. So Russo starts into his little diatribe, diatribe about, you know, you know, not knowing stuff. <laughs> Punisher just kills him, shoots him twice, kills him. <laughs> <laughs> it never happens. I said, "Nope, you're done." Yep. I was like, "Oh my god!" That so the back to back those two things. I was like, "That is the greatest thing." Because I thought for sure, it, while I was leading into that, I thought that was going to go that route to, to kind of like wrap it up, and it never happened. It's just... yeah, you want it, you have that feel good moment that always <laughs> appears in movies. It, it's just stone cold, man. And then when oh. he went to, and then when he left there, the next scene when he went to the house of the people. Oh, that we're man. pulling the strings of everyone. Yeah, and you know what else I really like too? Uh, Pilgrim, the head, the guy that was going around killing everyone all season, the mercenary. Yeah, his evolution in the this like the beginning of the season, he's just some mercenary that goes around killing people, and then you just learn all about him and how he turned around, and he's basically being manipulated by these people because of his faith in God and all this stuff. And then at the end, you realize, you know, he's kind of just like Frank, and uh, Frank lets him live so that way he can be with his family. Wow. 
that's yeah it was, so it was amazing because this guy's like you know, he's the big bad and then yeah you know, like literally out. the first six episodes you're like oh man they're gonna show down and frank's gonna kill him and he ends up being the only person that really lives <laughs> yeah, the other one frank lets live well when he went to the house that the parents of that that senator i was so glad he shot that lady were running head. everything yeah when the oh. woman talks up and he just shoots her straight in the back of the head yeah, i mean just right in the middle of a sentence yeah like, Oh yeah, oh my God. yeah, yeah. Because she's getting ready to stab uh, the girl. She had a knife or something. Yeah. Oh, I was so happy because she was. Oh, she was just so evil. Yeah. She. I wanted her to die so badly. <laughs> and then, of course, you know the her husband. You know, instead of having their name thrown in the mud, he decides he's going to off himself. Uh, yeah. That's exactly probably what would happen too. Well, Frank <laughs> so. leaves him. Frank leaves him with a gun and a bullet. Yeah. Go ahead. Take care of yourself. Do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. And it was so nice when they left and you saw the guy you know, the mercenary pilgrim and his kids get in the car and like, Oh, that's so you did get your, your moment of like, Oh, well, there you go. But of course they like any good TV show, they got to have some classic cheesy moments. Like <laughs> when detective Mahaney, uh, the, the three of them, Curtis and who was the cop? Oh yeah. The cop. I don't recall his name. No, 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 not, not the, the dude, but the girl who, who the special agent. Oh, the agent, Agent, what's her face? Yeah. Uh, God, he said he only referred to her by her last name the entire. Yeah, whatever. Like there was a three of them looking at uh, Russo's dead body, and he's and she's like, "Well, I could have shot him," and then you know that clears that ends this case, and of course the cop Mahaney's like, "What about Castle?" And they both look at him and go, "Who?" <laughs> and he goes, "Oh man," and he walks away <laughs> like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> and of course you got to end the season when two uh, rival gangs get together and they're like hey you call this meeting no you did and here comes frank and he pulls a like a, a, a blanket from over i mean he has double bear he has double guns and he just shoots everyone down <laughs> i was like yes that is great that is the way you end this that last episode was so good because the ending i every time i thought i knew what they're going to do it uh, isn't what happened oh so good i absolutely loved it I was so happy with that. That season was so good. It will be a crime when they cancel it here coming up. Because, you know, and, I, and I've been trying to rationalize this all week. Why, why it's good that, you know, Disney's going to kill it now. <laughs> because now it'll be dead, but they didn't make that one season to ruin it. Right, it's not going to have that hero season two moment. Well, here's the thing, Disney. Right, where they're gonna, just going to ruin the show. Disney's streaming service will never have this on because it's too brutal. But they yeah. do with the Fox acquisition. They do have Hulu. They own, uh, you know, most of Hulu, I think. So, or at least controlling interest of Hulu. So they could throw it over there. I mean, they it could relive it. It could uh, come back along with the other Marvel stuff through via Hulu. But yeah, I love Punisher season two. If no one's seen it. Do so, Paul. We're talking about you. That includes go see season one. Go see. Uh, you have to see season see Defenders two. Season two, right? Not Defenders. No, no, no. Uh, Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Daredevil season two. <laughs> uh, yeah, Daredevil season two is your first. Then you'd watch Punisher season one. Then Punisher season two. It is uh, so worth it. And I say it's worth going back and start. Just start with Daredevil season one, even though Punisher's not in it. You know, get some of the story of the pun or the Daredevil stuff because I really like Daredevil as well. That yeah, those is turned out to be the two best yes yeah. Marvel series yeah. ever made. And season one of Jessica Jones, fantastic. Can't say enough about that. That's so good. All right, well, let's actually move into some movie reviews. The first one we will do is Replicas. I am the only one that saw this one. This was released 
January 11th, 2019, rating PG-13, runtime 1 hour, 47 minutes. It stars Keanu Reeves, Alice Eve, and description is, a scientist becomes obsessed with bringing back his family members who died in a traffic accident. IMDb gives it a four or a 5.4 out of 10. Now, this is where it gets pretty uh, crazy. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 9%, per, 9% and... The audience gives it a 40%, so it's not doing all that well. Box office, $30 million budget. The gross as of January 31st, 2019 is $4 million. That's the U.S. gross, mind you. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> this thing uh, is a bomb. Ouch. So, was, was there a large scene in China or something that they can send it over there and yeah, make they, up yeah, the money? They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to. So here's the thing. This movie has a very good... like. I feel like this movie was outlined... Like here, here's our idea for this movie because I like the way it ends and I like the arc or the, the, like the outline of this movie is actually good, but it doesn't seem like they actually put any time into actually developing a story behind it. They just kind of said, okay, here's an outline and now film it. <laughs> Let's not get into too much detail. And it just ends up just feeling very, very shallow and just, it just didn't like nothing really mattered. Like you didn't really ever, it just didn't feel like a full movie. Just at the end, you're like, all right, I can see where they were. I can see where this could be good if they actually developed it and made a good story, but they never bothered. They just made the movie. So uh, it was half heartedly uh, put together or or at least edited. (laughs) And I I just, I cannot recommend seeing it uh, paying for any money. So I'd say this would be a TV rating for me. Uh, Kino Reeves, you always got to like him. <laughs> if he's in anything, you got to at least see it on TV because it's, it's worth your while to see that. But yeah, it's just, it's not a very good movie. So it's no wonder that it's, it did as poorly as it did. So uh, that's all I really have to say about replicas. Uh, let's move on to the upside. Now, no one saw this one either. Joe, you did say you wanted to see this at some point, but you actually did not make it uh, to see this movie. Is that accurate? Yeah, we yeah we just had scheduling problems. Anytime I was available, my wife wasn't. My wife's available, I wasn't, and we just never got around to seeing it. All right. Well, here's the upside. This is released January 11th, 2019, rating PG-13. Runtime, two hours, six minutes, starring Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, and Nicole Kidman. Uh, description is a comedic look at the relationship between a wealthy man with quadriplegia and an unemployed man with a criminal record who's hired to help him. IMDb gives it a 6.2 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 40%, and the audience gives it an 87%. So that's a vast difference. Box office budget is about $37 million. Worldwide gross as of January 21st, 2019 is 50. So it's right on the brink. Eh, we'll see if it uh, actually <laughs> turns a profit at this point. So this is a very interesting uh, little tidbit that I thought you guys might enjoy. Nicole Kidman earned a rare feat when two of her films landed first and second place at the box office in the same weekend. One was for The Upside, and of course, the second one was for... Anybody? Aquaman. Aquaman, Aquaman yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. All right, so this movie... Was, she, wait, was it the same role? Was it a crossover? <laughs> yes! It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. It was out of place, I must say. So Brian Cranston is a quadriplegic because she stabbed him with a trident. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so this movie, I, let me just say, this isn't this isn't the type of movie that I typically go see. It's not really 
you know, feel good. Hey, you know, this guy's going to help this guy and blah, 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 blah. It was okay. It felt long, which is never a good sign for a movie. Like if you're sitting in a theater, like, is this thing going to end? <laughs> That's not a good sign for a movie. <laughs> Especially since it was only a half hour long. No. <laughs> no, it was over two hours. But for this type of movie, that's way too long. There is no need to go over two hours for, hey, this guy's going to help this guy love life again, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. But yeah, it was fine. You know, uh, Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston had really good chemistry together. So that was good. It's just not my type of movie over. I, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, it was okay. But it's not like it's not a movie that I'd ever watch again. Like, there's no reason to ever see this movie. It wasn't funny enough to to stand alone as a comedy. It just wasn't interesting enough to stand alone as a interest piece. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was all right. I'm, uh, I would never went to see it in a theater. It wasn't for this podcast. Let me put it that way. And uh, I yeah, I'll never see this movie again. But I hmm. The rating on this one's tough because it really should be between stream and TV. So I'm going to go TV once again just because it's really long. Maybe they can edit out. Yeah, TV will edit out some of the uh, more uh, worthless scenes. that are going to drop it down to an hour 40 to make it run. Uh, yeah, that, I think that would be perfect. I think if you can get a cut of an hour 40 and make it a better movie. Still, I, I'm not, maybe it'd go up to a stream at that point. I don't know. Just, again, it wasn't really my cup of tea. But So that is the upside. So uh, go see it if you want. Uh, so far, so so far, I'm uh, two TVs this episode. Let's hope Bumblebee uh, gets that a little higher. Let's wait and Uh-oh. see. So here it is, Uh-oh. the feature Uh-oh. presentation. And now our feature presentation. All right, this time we are doing Bumblebee. You know it's a bad week in movies. When a movie that was released in December or the previous year is your feature presentation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's January where the studios don't care and they dump their garbage. <laughs> so, yeah, we're talking about Bumblebee. Tagline, every hero has a beginning. Released December 21st, 2018. Director Travis Knight. This is his first live action directorial debut. He also previously directed Kubo. And the two strings, which is a stop motion animation. This is a PG 13 rating, runtime one hour, 54 minutes, starring Haley Steinfeld, George Lendenberg Jr., and John Cena. Description On the run in the year of 1987, Bumblebee finds refuge in a junkyard in a small Californian beach town. Charlie, on the cusp of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world, discovers Bumblebee, battle scarred and broken. IMDb gives it a 7.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics give this movie a 93%, which is odd. Wow. Odd for a Transformers movie. That's, wow, the yeah. Give this, the audience gives it 78%. Box office, it costs about $135 million to make, uh, or the budget at least. Opening weekend, it made $21 million. Gross U.S. as of January 31st, 2019, $122 million. Worldwide gross as of January 21st, 2019, 413 million. So yeah, as you're going through that, you're like, ooh, this thing may not <laughs> be doing so well. Then you hit the worldwide gross and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> it made some money. Uh, some interesting notes. This is the first live action Transformers that Michael Bay did not direct, but he stayed on the board as a producer. And you can tell because the action scenes, you can actually uh, make out what's going on. Haley Steinfeld 
was not born until nine years after the setting of the film and had to be taught how to use some typical items in the, of the 80s era, such as how to work a Walkman, which she was completely foreign to. <laughs> that makes you feel old, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's a button on it with a little arrow that means universally play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what, what is this thing that you put into it with all this tape? Ugh. <laughs> How do I pick my song? What? what? I have to fast forward? <laughs> what is going on here? Uh, this film is set in 1987. The 1980s is when the Transformers toy line and animated series was first released. In 1987, also the year the original series ended. Now, if you're really into, if you're really into the Transformers, I highly recommend go into IMDb and check out the notes for this film because there are a ton of like. Oh, if you recognize this scene is taken from this cartoon and this, the, the, there's a ton of that crap that I just don't care about. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I couldn't even figure out why they did it in the eighties. I thought maybe that the licensing rights for music got cheaper once the song reached 35 years old or something. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The greatest thing I can say about this movie is, wow, I thoroughly enjoyed the soundtrack. Like the backing music, all 80s music like she just went from every scene started with like an 80s song like this yeah guy. and i was like why is this in the, what why is this movie in the 80s i had no idea except that i'm like well maybe it's cheaper to get songs <laughs> i don't know the music's better than you would expect so, true. all right let me start off this review because i have no idea where you guys are on this and i'm very interesting to hear it so i i love the soundtrack the music behind it was just like oh yeah this is so good very nostalgic very good for flashbacks. Uh, the Mr. T cereal. I was like, holy cow. That, where did they even get a box? I mean, they had to like produce that explicitly for this because I wouldn't even believe that. Uh, everyone's watching Elf, of course. Um, uh, Charlie had a Motorhead shirt. Joe, did, did you uh, notice that? The one scene she's wearing a Motorhead shirt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, wow. I don't think she's really into it, but at least she's wearing well, a see, shirt. See, this is kind of the weird thing about it is it's 80s theme. Yeah, no one who worked on this movie has was ever alive in the '80s. They only know the '80s from TV shows about the '80s. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> none of it felt real. It was all oddly contrived '80s stuff. <laughs> but that's what I liked about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Stranger Things, those kids acted like you did in the '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? These ones, they were like, "No, you guys have never seen the '80s." <laughs> So, you know, this was definitely, out of all the Transformers films, this is definitely my favorite. Uh, that's not saying much because I don't like any of Transformers films. But ultimately, I'm not a Transformers fan. So other than nostalgic feeling of looking back at the 80s, it just really didn't do anything for me. I, I mean, yeah, it was nice. It was a nice little story about one uh, Transformer who, you know, becomes a friend to a girl and helps her along her journey of life. Oh, whatever. Eh, I mean, it was all right. I mean, it was definitely the best Transformers movie, but it was like, yeah, all right. I mean, they, I mean, that Transformer could have been replaced with an, literally anything, a dog, an alien, just throw your random crap in there. And then you got the same. When story. I first saw the previews for this movie, I thought they were make remaking Herbie. <laughs> well that would be good i'd like to and see it that. would have been better <laughs> oh yeah herbie you know it talked or i didn't talk right Her herbie the love bug right yeah. I mean, they're doing all this herbie goes bananas with... i remember that was oh, one of the sequels oh, that was wonderful oh lord yeah yeah uh um and of course at the end with just th this is the scene that i mean other than the other weird stuff but this one it's just i don't understand so of course you know her last time she saw her dad was at a uh, she's at a diving competition so she can't dive anymore. 
she she's afraid of water afraid of diving or whatever she's hung up she's got this weird thing with diving so at the very last scene bumblebee is fighting this other uh robot guy and a big like uh, tanker or something comes in and just crushes them in this water so now this this transformer is at the bottom of this uh, this bay or whatever. I don't know. A flooded dry dock. Yeah, a flooded dry dock with a ship, mind you, that crashed into it. So all the wreckage is in this dry dock. And she decides she's going to jump headfirst to save a car that doesn't need oxygen. Like, that thing would come up on its own. Yeah. And, he and would wake up in and a get a pair of Doc Martens. <laughs> There's so many I mean, things wrong with it. It's going to drown you. It's these heavy-ass boots. Right. Come on. It, it gives us our Shape of Autobots <laughs> moment, right? <laughs> <laughs> she dove in and like, are you really diving into the... There's so much wreckage down there. You're going to die. You're not going to... Yeah, I mean, you're just going to get cancer from the oil first. <laughs> and then what are you doing? She went down, she touched his face, and he got out of the water. Like, he would have done that anyway. If she would have just yeah, it, crawled... If she would have walked down... <laughs> To buy the water and looked in, he'd be up by then. Like it was totally unnecessary to go. Totally. And if he was dead, she would have she would have drowned because of her clothes on. <laughs> it was such a weird scene. Like, what is going on here? Why? <laughs> of course, they had to have her die. You know, overcome that fear or whatever. You know. Oh yeah, she's got to dive. But right. Oh. Do it another way. Like at least have her dive when that hot dude was like, "Hey man, why don't you dive with me? I'm diving off this cliff." At least make it for some reason that made sense. <laughs> and she'd be yeah. safe. Now, 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 that would have been a horrible reason, though. Come on. <laughs> Cause, cause Leave the nerd, the, the nerd there <laughs> and then go for the hot guy. Leave the nerd in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Let's teach these kids right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was that was such a weird such a weird scene. I'm like, huh. That, she just dove right in, right? It doesn't matter. See, the one that got me about it is the the oddly contrived dramatic moment on it. One, I was really happy to see a stunt that a human being could actually perform at the end when she jumped from the crane to the tower. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I would make that jump because that'd be scary as shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's something a human being could actually do. So yeah, you can at pull least she didn't have to do it, you know, the triple Lindy to get to it. So that was nice. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. If you want to go true 80s, you do the triple Lindy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, they really missed out by having her not do the triple Lindy. Oh, say, my so. God. That would be the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> that was some of the worst. That was the worst sequence ever. <laughs> <laughs> what's his face? Uh, what's his name? I want to say Johnny Dangerfield. Yeah, Ron, yeah, Dangerfield. With a stupid grin on his face. <laughs> in so Paul, do you know what we're talking about? Please tell me you know. Uh, back to school. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Oh, I love it. Oh. It's one of the most brilliant scenes in all movie history. The triple ending, baby. He's got this silly, stupid grin on his face. <laughs> oh, my God. So bad. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was uh, I, my rating over. I have to say this is stream at best. I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. Just I just didn't really. It wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> Again, this is not a movie. This movie is not my cup of tea. Now, Paul, you are a Transformers fan, so I presume you're going to give it a high rating. So let's go with Joe next because I think he might fall more in line where I am. At least that's what it sounds <laughs> where like. Where you're thinking. Yeah, because I mean, they had, the, they had the, the contrived thing at the end where they could build up to the fight, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you have, so we start off with the basis of she finds Bumblebee underneath a tarp. Yeah. Puts a key in him. And instantly, from across space and time, they know exactly where he's at, so they can come find him. 
Well, you know, he's got some type of tracker or something, I guess. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I don't know. GPS. But the actual working um, evil bots, uh, yeah. Decepticons, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Cannot call the others Decepticons. Yeah. Without hijacking a cell tower. <laughs> Repointing Earth satellites. Yeah and, yeah. and have a specific part that neatly fits into a blank spot in the cell tower. Yeah, yeah. That is uh you'd think they'd be able to text each other, right? <laughs> yeah, you would think. I mean, if you can locate Bumblebee from across the universe, maybe you yeah. could send a message. And then they, they conveniently took the time to program the progress bar. <laughs> <laughs> For, for what reason? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was just really contrived. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> I didn't really think of that. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> You'd think they'd be able to, yeah, do that, but because they already established, oh, I can identify you instantly from across the universe. Well, plus, why are they bothering? Why don't they just leave and come back? I mean, why do they yeah. have to send a message? I mean, they they can freely enter our atmosphere and leave, right? They just fly in, fly out without any vehicles or anything. I mean... Yeah, and you know Optimus Prime's not there. He'll be yeah. there eventually. Yeah, so... Or one of them. One of them go, and the other one, why do... Yeah, why go through all the trouble? But hey, again, go get you everyone. have to because, you know, they have to have an ending of the movie. You know, they need a climax. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the other thing I didn't understand how it started. It was so bad. Oh, it was really weird. I thought this that was very half cartoon, cartoony. Half, yes, yes, right. That's exactly I'm what like, I thought. I thought this is really cartoony. I'm like, what's going on here? Is it a cartoon yeah. or CGI? What am I looking at? And then, yeah. like, then I thought, and the actual thought hit my head. It's like, do I miss Michael Bay? <laughs> <laughs> well, but any any but other scene? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any <laughs> the answer was no. Any scene that you could actually clearly see everything, like, oh yeah, I don't miss. Yeah, that's oh wow, well, there's a whole robot in this picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's not zoomed into the point we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just because you're the epilepsy button on the Michael Bay movie. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't think they they need to they needed to pick a tone, right? You had this weird cartoony action. You had this slapstick comedy. When it when it finally settled into being a family comedy is when it was its best. Yeah. But then that would get rid of the beginning and the end. Yeah, yeah. The whole middle of it was it was a nice family comedy, and if they had stuck with that tone, has made it a nice family comedy, it would have been better. But they didn't stay with the tone; it just kept shifting into weirdness. Yeah, it was very uneven. Like it was, yeah, like you said, the beginning was a really weird, like cartoon slash CGI sequence. They're like, huh. Yeah, then it went to the whole family thing, and then it turned into a Transformers movie at the end. Yeah, and then the the wrestler guy, I didn't quite understand. So the John Cena. Point so of him. originally he was his character was going to be a bad guy, so he was going to be evil. But at the last minute, they changed him to be uh, more of a not. I don't know what kind of character he is, but they did that so that way, if future sequels would come out, he could come back. He could reprise his role because he turned good by the end. Yeah, because he was never really bad. He was just kind of. Uh, yeah. What was he? I don't know. He's just like he—he he wasn't evil. Like his initially, it was he was going to be evil, and he'd be defeated at the end. And then they turn him into this other character where they can just keep reusing him. And yeah, he's not bad because yeah, because he let him go, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah the he's end not of the bad. Story, he kind of redeemed himself, sorta. But no, his it, character. It was. I like. It was character. misplaced. Yeah, I, I liked him. He 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 was amusing to me. Uh, in the <laughs> his character, he he was funny. So. He yeah, right. yeah. I mean, he was he was a almost comic relief, but kind of sort of bad guy. And yes, it, yeah. You know, it it was like you say, uneven. Yes, very much so. 
and and we almost made it through a whole movie in California without having a framing shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh no, you had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they threw it in. By which, law, you have to. I, I, it seems it because it <laughs> just makes me mad every time they just put it. They frame the Golden Gate Bridge. Behind. It's like you don't have to. You already said you're in California. Well, they, uh, you know, then he drove away next to a truck that looked exactly like the old uh, Optimus, Optimus Prime. Prime. Yeah. So yeah, that was there. Yeah, and I was like, is that Optimus Prime? I mean, I was waiting for the truck to wink or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. All right, just so... close one headlight. Just... <laughs> I was a little confused. They had the Golden Gate Bridge in the Transformers movie, and it didn't blow up. So I was a little bit worried. Oh, you well, didn't see that. I knew Michael Bay wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, end credit scene, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> They did have end credit scenes, by the way, where... Oh, they did? Oh, yeah. They uh, She got her dad's car up and running and started working. And then there was a scene with Optimus Prime, right? I can't... Bumblebee and Optimus Prime were doing something, or... I don't remember. It was just a setup to, to bridge. Yeah, something. Yeah. It wasn't end credit. I think it was mid-credit. I mean, it was pretty... Yeah. Bad. Oh, that's right. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bumblebee and Optimus Prime walking through the woods and... Yeah, something. Yeah, no. Well, and to explain why he was a well, no, I guess he was a Camaro before that. I, mean, I guess it's just to to set up the the first movie, the first yeah, Transformers yeah, movie. I guess. So, Joe, uh, what's your uh, rating on this? Or, I just don't. Oh. I mean, unless you're a diehard Transformers fan, there's just go watch Herbie. Wow, go watch Herbie. Is <laughs> wow, the love bugs getting some love. It's better for family fun. I mean, if you want to watch a family fun movie, watch a family fun movie. If you want to watch action. Go watch action. All right. Well, there you go. Joe's a don't watch. All right, Paul. What say you? Wow. Yeah, I was disappointed, especially because it was it got such a huge high reviews. Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be the critics you know, give it ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't know but what it, it had a lot of those logical like like why did Transformers speak English? I mean, <laughs> why did and they were cars on Cybertron. I was kind of confused. Like, why would you be a car? Yeah. On your if own you're planet. on a foreign planet and you haven't been to Earth yet. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, I mean, maybe I'm just overreading things or whatever. But <laughs> I'm that's, like, that's wow. Okay, point. Uh... Now, I've never truly understood the, the Transformers uh, mythos as to why they can yeah. they turn into anything? No. Well, in, in the cartoon, uh, originally when they came to Earth, yeah, they went out and just because that that's what they saw was cars and that's what they were able to transform into but i yeah i wasn't under the impression they could transform into cars before well i guess obviously they transformed into anyway we're getting too deep into that uh not important but anyway it was just a little <laughs> weird to me star screams was at the beginning but it wasn't star scream that's another weirdness just because you're going way too deep into uh nerdum joe and i are, aren't with yeah, you at all that's the name of a particular transformer correct <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes, a very. He, he, and, and he is in the. The reason it is not Starscream, even though it is Starscream, uh, is because he's in the Michael Bay movies, and, and you know he dies the the plane at the beginning that that um okay you know attacks him and all that yeah I mean that is obviously in every way Starscream, who's the second in command of the Decepticons, who always. Uh, turns, you know, uh, Cobra commanders them, you know, turns oh. on the on the leader and runs away. And <laughs> I love that Cobra commanders them. Uh, <laughs> that, that just made me so happy, Paul. 
<laughs> well, that's the only thing that I... you said in that sentence that even made any sense to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, uh, particularly because the voice actor, I believe, was the same. Oh. In the cartoon, was Starscream was the same voice actor as Cobra Commander, and they nice. both got that. Every, you know, run away, run away. Whenever anything's anything, <laughs> when even halfway, um, nice. So it's like, half the battle. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> so so in the cartoon, he was that jet, the red jet, the transformed, and in the you know in the Bay movies, he was he was a plane, but you know it wasn't. Anyway, so it's a fa- it's, it's a fan thing, and I guess the weird part is that he dies, and which doesn't make any sense for the future Bay movies. Yeah. Anyway, what am I saying? <laughs> I have no idea. What am I saying? Um, yeah. One of us should really know that. <laughs> yeah, it was an okay movie. It wasn't as good as I had hoped. It, it was a little bit better than it. It felt kind of like a remake of the first Transformers movie. But if someone had said, "Okay, let's make this actually like a sane movie," make it a girl in her car instead of a boy in his car, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. it hit a lot of the same. They're ghostbustering it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and. and there was a little bit of awkward, like how much she was into that car. I mean, uh... <laughs> it's her father figure, Paul. Come on. <laughs> you're in the garage doing who knows what with that. You know, and you're like, okay, all right. You know. Uh, uh, car, you know, the seats vibrate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. She's just sitting in there revving the engine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I I would have seen it on second run, but it, it wasn't. It was good for a Transformers movie, but that's about. Yes, that's that, about it. unfortunately, that was mine too. My favorite Transformers movie, but I hate Transformers movies. So there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I I I, I kind of hate the Transformers movies. They just don't seem to make any much sense, and they just throw things at you. This one actually. Uh, it had a lot of logical inconsistencies, but at least it had some sort of feeling in it. Whereas, you know, you don't get any feels in an, an actual Michael Bay movie. So, yep. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. So, thank you once again to Paul and Joe for joining me. And until next time, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>